0: Two Blokes Talking Tech is supported by Dropbox, trusted by 8 million Australians to keep their files safe, synced, and easy to share with anyone. Try Dropbox for business free for 30 days at dropbox.com business. Hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech, proudly provided by Webcentral. Two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. All the latest news and
1: information about technology.
0: It's uh, fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The
1: speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech.
0: Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone.
1: Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com.
0: Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service
1: is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always provide the best advice,
0: lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening, thank you for downloading. We are sitting here together. As promised last week, Stephen, um, while you were overseas, uh, we promised that we'd get together this week. And we are here, actually, high up
1: in the city at Telstra's headquarters. Yes, we are. We're uh, First of all, great to see you again, Trevor. It's been a while uh, that we've been together. But yeah, we're here. Telstra got some nice uh, end-of-year drinks, and I understand some really nice canapes to serve. Oh, yeah. There
0: won't be party. I'll put, it, I'll put it on the table right now. It's 5.24. Uh, the, the drinks start in half an hour. There won't be party pies and sausage rolls. It'll all be yeah. fancy pants. So. Trevor a sophisticated diet. So. Yeah. Uh, immature palate, I think it's called, uh, we decided. Um, we are here to talk the latest tech. You can follow us on Twitter. I am Twitter. I am at Trevor Long. Stephen is at Stephen Fennick with a PH. Uh, and you want to have a chat about anything you hear in the show, use the hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. Two blokes
1: talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long.
0: Well, Stephen, you've just got back from the states, and it was actually a really critical time of the year in terms of tech in the states because it was Thanksgiving, which is not critical for tech. But the Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, and the kind of subsequent weekend is what's known as Black Friday, Cyber Monday, massive deals on technology. What did you see on the
1: ground? Yeah, well, it was uh, it was my very first Thanksgiving actually, Trevor. I've never been in America for Thanksgiving. Never, never given thanks before. before. I have given thanks before, but I've never spent the fourth Thursday in November. That's when Thanksgiving takes place. So it was uh, unusual. But yeah, the very next day, in fact, the night of Thanksgiving, so on the Thursday night, all the stores, some of the major stores, Macy's included, were opening late at night, six six o'clock, seven o'clock. And there were people, I was at the Century City Macy's in Los Angeles. There was a line, it was like the Boxing Day sales of people gathering, waiting for the doors to open. And in they went and obviously tech was a was a big part of these sales and you know according to the consumer technology association who puts on CES every year mm. there was more than 57 million americans that shopped for tech either on the day or were going to be shopping across the thanksgiving weekend with smartphones, TVs, tablets, laptops, the main products. I remember seeing in in some stores, uh, customers with big trolleys, like in the Walmarts and Best Buys, and they had a big screen television in the trolley. They knew that was the time where they were gonna buy their TV. And the reason why people are literally jumping over each other to get in. And it's interesting those numbers because that's
0: the purpose of the Black Friday sales is To get people in stores they had this problem where thursday's you know a really important day for them everyone's on holidays at home whatever and so they have this kind of retail slump over the weekend on on that friday so what they did was introduce this concept of black friday where they would just put on massive sales so you know huge deals on
1: on everything from tvs right all the way down there were some stores um that were actually open on thanksgiving like for all Americans will tell you that Thanksgiving's probably bigger than Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a massive holiday. Yet there were stores, like I spent the day in Santa Monica and the Third Street Promenade, which is a very popular shopping area, many of the stores were open on that day with their 40% off store wide you yeah, know these are probably clothing stores no tech stores sure just, it just goes to show how big the shopping period is in Thanksgiving everyone's gearing up for it
0: and we don't have it here we had the bloody click frenzy thing which has now just become a commercialised thing because they do it several times a year it's not really the concept of Black Friday was was lost on the people that started click frenzy because they're just doing it for the money but the interesting thing is we're going to see some big sales this weekend. There's been a lot of news over the last kind of three days about Dick Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, their share price has tanked. I mean, look, I'm not a stock market finance reporter, but what I observe is that, you know, two years ago, the company was floated for $500 million, like 18 months after Woolworth sold it for $100 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now the shares that were then $2.20 have, have went down to 20 cents, have gone back up to 45 or so. Mm-hmm. So it turns out, apparently, Dick Smith's going to have a massive sale this weekend, They're Just going to try and clear a bunch of excess stock. They say that in planning their year, they bought too much, and sales haven't been as high as they hoped. They've they've downgraded all their forecasts and the like, and so it looks like they're going to have sales. They're talking to seventy percent.
1: Up to 70% off. So they're just going to clear the daylights yeah. out of their warehouse. My understanding is they've got a lot of lot of stock, as you said, but it's older stock they've had for months. So you know, you know, like anything, at a year old laptop's a lot less than a brand new laptop. Mm. So hence the reason why you're going to see some significant markdown. So. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's the whole challenge, isn't it, for a retailer? And, you know, obviously companies like Apple and Samsung, they obviously their their flow through, their sales are a bit stronger. Hmm. But a retailer really has to judge, how, how much of this they- stock do I buy? <laughs> H- who's going to buy it? When are they going to buy it? How long do I have to hang on? Because it, look, it's, not only is it the inventory's taken up where, store, uh, space in their warehouse hmm. – but then they've got to bring it through and try to sell it. Now they're faced with a situation where it's almost like a fire sale. There's, you know, everything's got to go. And what's interesting here is that normally in electronics
0: retail, you've got JB Hi-Fi, uh, Harvey Norman, Dick Smith, and then the good guys and a few others, Bing Lee. But if Dick Smith... So I expect Dick Smith will hit the papers tomorrow with big like ads for their sales. And so that's going to mean that Jerry's going to have to do the same. Like He won't go as crazy, but there, this will be our own pseudo cyber weekend, Black, yeah, Black Friday, because yeah. you're going to be able to walk into stores and say, do you want me to
1: take it away now? Do you want me to put that TV in my trolley? And you are got to get a good deal. Yeah, well, I think Dick Smith have been pretty aggressive in the last few weeks, you know, with with Dick's deals, like a daily deal they've been advertising. So in any store you walk into, Dick Smith, you kind of get the impression, same with JB Hi-Fi. They're very cleverly... There's big, big numbers, big signs. You walk in there and, and psychologically you think, well, geez, I'm going to pick up a bargain here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Dick Smith are trying to do the same thing. And they all, they always have a lot of specials that sort of hit you in the face when you walk in the door, big signs. So mm. it's going to be interesting to see what we're going to see this week.
0: Black Friday in the States, uh, moving through to, um, I don't know, we'll call it Dick Smith Saturday uh, here in Australia. But it will be interesting. We'll, uh, we'll keep our eye on those sales. But uh, well worth checking the website, checking the papers and seeing what happens in terms of those sales on Saturday.
1: We're in an, era, in an era now where, you know, remember the saying, cash is king? I do. A lot of, a lot of shopkeepers will tell you. Still it. a few around. Especially yeah. tradies, tradies. will tell you that too, cash is king. Yeah. But in the, in the case of going into a store. Cash is yeah. king, if you don't want the ATA, and know yeah, about that's it. That's right. If it's under the table, you, we know what you're talking about. But the, the whole pa- tap and go cash contactless payment system has really taken off. So much so that more people are now tapping and going rather than paying cash. Uh, Mastercard came out with some research from uh, from Galaxy that says that sixty six percent of people make their cashless payments so sorry sixty four percent favor tap and go over cash and we know we 've heard this
0: before um, I think it was Combank first told me that Australia has the highest per capita rate of tap and go payments anywhere in the world i mean it 's not surprising, but this is the whole point of you know uh, we we see it now people would prefer to just tap away than even like I handed over cash yesterday to a to a shopkeeper, and I went. <laughs> that was a very strange feeling you know I'm now got to wait for change
1: it was just yeah. it was an unusual thing cuz I just don't do it very much well for you look at it from the retailer's perspective too it means they're handling less cash right. it's quicker so the, the I think one of the ads that first advertised tap and go was people in a cafe getting their coffee getting their sandwich really going quickly mm. through the line and then mm-hmm. you hear the screeching noise when someone pulls out their wallet and pays <laughs> yeah. with cash yeah. um now i think that uh, a lot of the customers according to this survey 82% of people are st- are still believe that it's a safer way to pay as well. Mm. Whereas, in, in, but you think about it, I thought about this, well, if someone steals your card and does, makes a contactless cash and go, tap and go payment, mm. they, they, their belief is that the bank will retrieve that. As right. if being, uh, being a fraudulent so, fraudulent so that's why the
0: criminals do it. So the banks absorb the risk of tap-and-go because the risk of tap-and-go fraud, so people stealing cards and making $700 worth of transactions in seven goes of $100, is lower than skimming used to be. So they're happy that fraud rates are lower, so they're happy to fund essentially the risk. Mm. But here's Which where is it,
1: pretty low though, isn't it? It's not a huge risk. It has happened, I know. Oh, it happens. But the absolutely. Point of, the point of that is that I'm thinking, Really, is it safer? But you think about it, yes, there's that, that safety net with the bank, but try to get try to get back cash that you've lost. And that's, that's the problem, impossible. right? So here's the problem the banks have.
0: They claim that tap and go is amazing, yada yada yada, and that, that that they absorb the risk. But the problem is, when I lose $200, let's say it's just 200 bucks, because I it took me an hour to work it out and before they stopped the card, you'd find that down the back of your couch, mate. Totally. But but <laughs> for the average battler, right? Yeah. <laughs> um 200 bucks if you, if it takes three weeks to get that back, that's a nightmare. Yeah. And that's the challenge the banks don't up don't appreciate. So it was interesting that Ed Husick, the Labor member for Chifley, the federal member, um, wrote a letter this week, last week, Friday it was, to the Reserve Bank Governor, saying, mate, broadly I paraphrase it was two it was two pages, right. but I've read it. He said, mate I love Apple Pay. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, why the hell are the banks not supporting this? You need to step in and sort, sort out the fact that they don't want to give you know, a little bit of money to Apple. Yeah. Apple wants to take too much money from them. Make them sort it out. And more importantly, give choice to consumers. Consumers should have the choice about how they pay. So that the tap and go, the cashless payment system should be in the hands of the consumer. It should be technology yeah. agnostic. He, he, I spoke to him last night on the podcast, Your Tech Life, if you want to have a listen. He's a funny, I, I, we get on quite well even though our politics are pretty (laughs) opposite. Um, He's he's a top bloke and uh, he actually told me last night that the Reserve Bank had written back to him. They basically, I read the letter, they basically said, yeah, thanks, mate. Happy to meet with you, but essentially, yeah. we can't do well, anything about you it, unfortunately. It
1: how, how, since when can the government tell the banks what to do? Well, yeah. I'm the a... government, to quote an Aaron Sorkin line from West Wing, the government can't tell the banks to change their breakfast order, let alone change anything else. Yeah. So I think that's going to be a tough sell. Ed, Ed Husick's point is essentially,
0: he knows how to get publicity. He's a publicity whore. He won't mind me saying mm-hmm. that. And he thinks that the more we talk about it in the in the press, uh, in the papers, course, he got a yeah. bit of coverage out of it, of course, yeah. people need to tell their banks. And I've said this, people say there's no point. Seriously, if you put pressure on your banks, they will see the call centre logs, they will see the number of people talking about it, and they will be forced into introducing Apple Pay. And then you've got choice. Then you've got but you can, then you've you, also got Android Pay coming up and Samsung Pay. Everyone's got to pay. And that's, But that's also Ed's point is... All of those things should be embraced by all of the
1: banks to ensure that consumers have all the choice. So technically, could a store, say I'm store ABC, hmm. could my system handle Apple Pay, yeah, and Pay, same. Samsung Pay? Could, could it do that? It's or nothing that? to do with the stores. That's the beautiful thing. It's the banks. Right. So you look so at Apple Pay. Stuff. So the terminals would be the same. Terminals. It's just the, well, the services I'm offering
0: from that terminal. Apple Pay launched, what, two Fridays ago? I put my card on 6am yeah. that morning yeah. and I used it at 11am the next mor- that, that morning. Yeah. Mate, the terminal at the Shell server I Same. used hadn't changed. Yeah. Nothing changes. We've already... That's the thing. In America, the terminals had to change because, you know, they've got those pens you've got to sign your bloody name with yeah. still. They didn't have tap and go. We have it here. Yeah. So nothing needs to change and the banks need to get their stuff together. Before we wrap up on this one, mate, have a guess which
1: state has the highest preference for contactless payments? Queensland. Thinking time. No, no I was just to- Western Australia, that was, oh, followed, say that. followed by crazy. followed by New South Wales. So Western Australia had seventy cent preference, seventy seven percent preference for contactless wow. payments. New South Wales second on seventy two percent, followed uh, by Victoria and Tasmania both on sixty six percent. No not on the list. Totally out of it. Well done.
0: Yeah, I lived in Western Australia for two years, <laughs> longest decade of my life. <laughs> You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Finnick. Two Blokes Talking Tech is supported by Dropbox, trusted by 8 million Australians to keep their files safe, synced, and easy to share with anyone. Australian companies like Bauer Media Group, Campaign Monitor, Shoes of Prey, Bellroy, Suntory, they all use Dropbox for business to help their team members work together no matter where they are or what tools they use. The beautiful thing is that if you've got team members, employees who've used Dropbox personally... It's exactly the same. It's the same back end. It's the same front end. It looks the same for the users. But you as the business have administrative control over what goes on. You can protect the files and you can control the users as they log in. It's a great system. Get your whole team on Dropbox for Business today to keep your information easy to manage and secure with a 30-day trial. Try it free
1: at dropbox.com slash business. Okay. Are there any little kitties in the room yeah, or mums, in the car? Yeah. Mums and dads, any kitties in the room or in the car? We're
0: okay with a fast forward at
1: this point. If there are, if, if there are kids, you may not want to listen to all of this next segment. Uncle Trev and Uncle, and Steve, Uncle Steve need to have a talk to mum and dad. That's right. So all right. Kitties, so put your earphones leave. on.
0: Listen to ta- Taylor Swift. What about yeah. my five-year-old daughter? He's listening to Taylor Swift. I don't even know who it was. Taylor. She made me print out the <laughs> lyrics to this song. She can't read. But she made me print out the lyrics and she walks around holding them singing a song, telling me she got all the way through it. I think
1: the kids have left the
0: podcast. You can't read, Victoria.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, maybe listen to the Wiggles maybe then. But anyway, okay, kids are out of the room. What we're going to talk about is how the internet is actually spoiling it for the kids when it comes to believing in Santa. Mm. Now, there's some research done that the average age where kids realise that Santa wasn't real... Dropped has dropped by two years. Bombshell. I'm it's sorry. Just, no, well, it's dropped by two years, and the reason well, is, what, what's the age? Well, it's eight and a half. Has dropped to now six and a half or of seven. So well, nine down to seven. I I've got a nine-year-old. He's across well, it. He's anyway. not across it. He's probably just doesn't want to make you feel. He still wants to get no, the pressure. You know what? It, he can keep doing that till he's sixteen Good for all. while. Yeah, that's it, mate. You, you know, if you know what, what's the um, if the term, if you don't believe, you don't receive. That's right. So he's going to be doing that till he's thirty-five. Good luck to you, Jackson. <laughs> but anyway, the culprit. Is the internet the reason why kids are they're discovering they're, they're on they're on the net there's googling they're they're fine they're they're realising that hang on a minute Santa's not real and, uh, <laughs> and this this is an issue I think it's an issue for you know you want your kids to believe that's the magic the magic of Christmas anyone with young kids. That's a magic time because they believe in Santa. It's a magic time for the, for the family. You know, they're, 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 you know, they're just full of wonder. Yep. You don't want that to end. You want that to last as long as possible. Oh. So in, in, this, in this regard, there is a way for parents to do something about it. Now, there is a VPN. So a VPN, as everyone knows, is a virtual private network. And the provider, and excuse the, 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 what, the name of it, it's called hidemyass.com. <laughs> Don't know why it's that called sounds that like this kind of website right. that needs a filter. But the, the v- <laughs> Yeah, it does sound like a bit of an adult site, but it's a VPN and as so we know for adults. adults it with it kids. is, yes, it is. And that but then what they've developed is a, a browser plugin. So you if your kid happens to be on the internet searching Santa using words like fake, real it can actually divert that. It can pivot that little search and lead them to a lovely little picture of Santa Claus in the oh, workshop. Oh, look at that. <laughs> so anything, I think it's a good idea. It's a good, look, you know, they wanted publicity for this story about the VPN, which you know, it's a good way in to demonstrate that you know, this is what else we can do. So if you do have young kids and they're on the internet, whether it's on your iPad or wherever it happens to be, or on the desktop, laptop, and you don't want them to discover that Santa isn't real then this is the way to do it.
0: Now, I'm gonna give you two tech tips, tech dad tips for Christmas here based on Santa. Now, the first one is simple. If you live in Australia, you'll know that 1194 is the number you dial to get the talking clock, right? If you wanna know what time it is, dial 1194. 1194, And on the third stroke, stroke? that's him. So what you do is you open your address book and you type in Santa Claus and you put 1194. When your kids are playing up, you say, do you want me to ring Santa Claus? (laughs) And you you type in Santa Claus and they absolutely lose their mind, right? Second thing, I found this this week. There's an app called uh, Call from Santa on iPhone. It's very, very cool. So, what happened? The, the free version only lets you make one call, but I, I'd support paying the money because it's very good. You put in, is it a boy or is it a girl? Um, have they been naughty or nice? Why have they been naughty or nice? So, they've been good to their brother, they've been good to their sister, whatever it might be. And you schedule a call. You can either make it happen right away or you can set a time. Your phone rings. It doesn't look like an iPhone ring, but it's got a picture of Santa. It says, ring, you press the answer button. And Santa's there. He goes, hello. And he leaves time for the kid to say hello. He goes, you know, and he talks to them, leaves little gaps for them to answer really? questions. It's very good. Ah, it's very cool. Simple little well, app for parents to have well, some fun with their
1: kids. I've got a little tech tip as well for Christmas Day. Okay. Don't forget the batteries. Oh gosh Always got to remember the batteries Because you know Let's face it A lot of tech toys A lot of battery powered toys The worst thing in the world Is on Christmas day You can't play with it Because your mum and dad Have forgot the batteries Go to Bunnings Buy a thousand of those Vata batteries (laughs) There's nothing open On Christmas day You might go to the chemist Maybe There might be a 24 hour chemist You'll be paying $18 (laughs) for a AA battery But uh, get the kids back in the room Because we don't
0: want them To miss the rest of the show Um, (laughs) It's been great Having them listening to the Wiggles But now it's time to come back Kids And we do it all each and every week. Thanks to the good people at netgear, netgear.com.au. And you can go to their website and check out the full range of Arlo smart home security cameras. Oh, it's breaking news. There's a new Arlo coming out. I think it'll be shown to us at CES. CES. It doesn't have the wire-free, but it, is, uh, it has return audio, so an audio monitoring. Very cool. But right now, you can still buy the original Arlo, which is 100% wire-free battery-powered and wireless uh, communication back to your network so that wherever you are in the world, so Stephen's travelling the world because he's just a jet setter, and he can check on Ziggy and Zaggy by just opening the Arlo app and seeing where they are, what they're doing, and importantly, if they run into his office by opening the door because they're very smart dogs, um, and he's got the Arlo camera in there, it'll actually send him an alert saying we've detected motion. It'll record the motion. It'll save it to the cloud, and you can watch it any time you like. Very easy solution, probably the easiest bit of like complex tech but the easiest to set up I've seen in a very long time. Arlo from Netgear. Check it out at netgear.com.au. So, Stephen, well, you, you were back this week, so you wouldn't have seen it, though, because no one reads newspapers anymore since you left the Telegraph. <laughs> but in the, in, the, right. in the Telegraph, there was like a one-par story about a Sydney council that's banning...
1: Called, that's called a filler.
0: Trevor. Yeah, right. Filler, yeah. Mate. It was a filler. Well, Leichhardt Council is full of fillers, as far as I can tell. Yeah. They've, they've announced they're banning drones from all public parks in the Leichhardt Council. Yeah. Now, I thought that's, that's a silly little filler. I'm going to find out the details. So I went to the Leichhardt website, I downloaded the minutes of the meeting, and I read them and I got the mayor of Leichhardt on my podcast this week. He is probably a very lovely bloke, but when it comes to drones, he's a complete goose. Um, he, he's not listening to this podcast. I don't care if he's listening. Good on him. Um, What's he, his name? Darcy. Uh, Darcy Byrne. Uh, Darcy. Oh, good luck. You won't get my vote, though. Um, Luckily, I don't live in your area. Anyway, moving on. He, um, it's probably one of the councils <laughs> going to merge. <laughs> yeah, not, oh, with, not with Hornsby. <laughs> um, no, this is... So, anyway, he's, he's decided to ban drones because they're unsafe, They're they're a breach of privacy. So he's unsafe. Now, there was an incident in the UK only this week where a, a small child was injured by a drone. Like I think they've lost an eye. Now, that's an absolutely tragic incident. That happened in a backyard not at a council park. But I'm having a conversation with this bloke who's got no idea that they're not spy cameras. He's going, you can't just photograph kids. I said, mate, when the thing is 30, 40, 50 metres above, you can't can't see see the person's face and you can hear the bloody thing like it's a helicopter. It's very obvious. Secondly, the council minutes even say they're a danger because they could could hit and bring down a fixed-wing aircraft what a complete load of garbage. <laughs> Fixed-wing
1: aircraft don't run under 500 feet, which is the limit of, of drones. Well, we should point out Leichhardt Council is just on the sort of the outside of the airport. District Here's the beautiful there, thing.
0: I said to the bloke at the end of the interview, I said, mate, have you actually read the drone laws? He goes, no, I haven't. I said, well, mate, your council is 50% within the five kilometre radius of Sydney Airport, which means it's illegal to fly a drone there anyway. No,
1: they're already banned.
0: And I said, mate, what are you going to do? What are you going to do if I fly my my drone there? He goes, oh, well, you know, the Rangers, mate, he's got nothing. They've got no way of finding you. Mm -hmm. They've got no recourse. Because they're they just making it up as they go so along. Didn't have to lie, mate. I'm gonna I'm gonna find a park and just on? fly to the hilt. So Have you found Darcy's address, mate? You know, <laughs> you know, you know, you're gonna buzz the tower. <laughs> I say we all get down there and just fly our drones this weekend. But That's I said drone I, protest. Down there. I said, mate, you should have, What you should have done was say it, there are risks and concerns, yeah. so we're going to ban it from these 19 parks. But this one here, go for your life.
1: That's the so drone now, park. Mate, I've got a question here, right? And like I'm a drone enthusiast just as much as you are. Okay. I often take mine to a park because it's a nice wide open space, yeah. plenty of room to fly around. You're not peering in any, anyone's backyard. No. So, but you're photographing little kids, Stephen. No, I'm not. You're I'm going not. to run into a little kid. No, I'm not. Though. Portnoy Leichhardt
0: Council, you are.
1: Well, I don't live in Lycard Council. Thankfully, I live in uh, the great Botany Bay Council, mm-hmm. and right next door to the Randwick Council. Right next to the airport. Near, <laughs> yeah. yeah. right near the airport. You're right. Not far from the airport. But I do fly it sort of in, in the park, mate, sort the of point away here is from the. Airport.
0: I said to him, I said, mate, do you realise the rules that CASA have put in place? Yeah, stay. You can't fly over. Groups of people. You're yeah. not allowed do to. It's populated areas. If there's huge people, if there's lots of, I take the kids out with the, f- with the drone yeah. regularly yeah. Yeah. and they know, if we pull up somewhere and there's like 10 people there, I won't fly. Do it, yeah. I just won't do it. I don't want to risk it. Yeah, well, it's just a common sense thing, I think, um, you know. Like- uh, let's be clear, there are some idiots in the world who are ruining the common sense laws that we have. So, so- I-, I respect what they're doing in terms of thinking about it, yeah. but it's a complete load of garbage well, in terms of practicality.
1: Kind of, you know, it's trying to break an egg with a sledgehammer, isn't it? It's a bit, a bit of yeah. overkill. You yeah. don't reckon that's possible? Well, uh, absolutely, but uh, the, 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 was your interview with him a sort of Tracy Grimshaw style, really uh, probing an interview? Did you, did you catch him out, mate, like the Mike Willis, in a Mike Willis, Willis oh, interview? I got a couple of
0: tweets from, from our good friends Rob uh, Jolliffe and, yeah. and, and, and Rigby, and I think I, I got a bit of a rap from them about my interview yeah, with him. Rob, I didn't, so look, I wasn't start? trying to rip him apart, yeah. but he needed to know that he was an idiot. <laughs> and I think I got that across. Right, that's my thoughts he's anyway.
1: Standing firm, I understand. Oh, I he's Well, I said,
0: to him, I said, mate, what can the what what can the Leichhardt public do. He goes, oh, it's already passed, it's done.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a great yeah, thing, But, isn't but it? are they going to employ rangers in, like, life No, they're saying, just going to put,
0: si- mate, going to put signs up to say, don't do this. And, but, mate, they're also banning amusements and everything too. Read the minutes. If you live in Leichhardt Council, yeah. read the minutes. Darcy, they're a means, joke. He's got a part-time job with the fun police. Mate, this is the same council that spent a whole meeting debating bloody climate change. What? It's not even a
1: council <laughs> issue!
0: <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, you want to hear the full interview with the, the, the wonderful and respected Labor um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mayor of art. Darcy, uh, Burn. You listen to your tech life episode three hundred and something. Just look for the
1: last one. <laughs> two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Sonos. Now we all know we're, we love, we're Sonos. big fan of, love Sonos. And and what I've what I've done uh, ever, ever since I've had a Sonos machine, mm. a Sonos speaker, is channel my Spotify account through.
0: Did I? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've been doing that
1: recently. Brilliantly done. Well, the news, Trevor, is that uh, a little a little service called Apple Music is also going to be available. Who
0: runs that? Yes.
1: Well, we'll ask our good friend Darcy, the uh, king, of, <laughs> king of the obvious. Maybe ask him. <laughs> He'll say probably Google. <laughs> yeah, we're going to uh, we're going to see Apple Music. It's going to be a beta trial from the fifteenth of December. Okay. so you'll be able to run through your lovely Sonos system the Apple Music service and, and all parts of Apple Music including you know, your own music the recommendations for you the radio and all the new releases oh, so you well. listen to my John Farnham radio on, yeah, on yeah, yes. Sonos oh. so the streams I've, I've actually in a um, sort of nearly related matter I've published this Spotify the most streamed musicians of 2015 yeah, right. was Farnham on there apparently Farnham had 2 million streams and they were all from Trevor Long <laughs> that's it but yeah uh, yeah, no. The Apple Music you can take part in this beta trial that starts on December 15. Yeah, right. So you you have to. Because
0: this adds, you can get Spotify, you can do Google Play Music, you can do Deezer, you can do all of yeah, them. Radio until they it shut down. It was a matter of
1: time before Apple yeah, jumped totally. on
0: board. what's well, yeah. smart from Apple because they they do have that that problem of being ecosystem based. But now you can get Apple Music on Android. You can listen to Apple Music on Sonos. So yep. you could be a non iPhone owner and really yes, enjoy Apple Apple Music Eat through a PC, month things,
1: PC so, yeah. on a Mac, obviously on your iPhone, Android device, Android tablet. So all you need is obviously Sonos speakers, Sonos account, and also an Apple Music account. If you don't have an Apple Music account, you can sign up for a free three-month trial to kick it off. But December 15 is when the public beta is going to kick off. It'll be then a a feature of Sonos, the Sonos app, in 2016.
0: Check it out, techguide.com.au. Now, Stephen, we're in the like a boardroom building. Yeah, I feel like we're in the boardroom. Is this room bug, do you reckon? Probably. There's a pirate hat on. There's, there's,
1: a, there's a monitor over there with a camera on there's it. There's a pirate they're hat on the floor too. What's oh, doing What's going on But, but um, I noticed work they're, they're
0: loitering outside the door waiting for us to finish no, because really. because drinks. No, drinks is on in 10 minutes. But okay. um, we do it's need to for
1: What you say? There's a monitor with a camera on it. We do I don't
0: even know the CEO's name anymore. It used to be 30, but I've forgotten the new bloke's oh name. That's right. There's a new dude, isn't it? it? No, doesn't matter. So we need to talk about the elephant in the room. And that's not me, even though I probably do need to lose some weight. Um, the, The global roaming fiasco that is Telstra has gotten worse. Now, I call it a fiasco because I, they, they just don't have a competitive offer. Now, this is a company who we've wrapped massively over the last year with their new broadband deals. Andrew Penn, he's CEO, we're in his office. Um, yeah, we're not really.
1: And he's got a pirate hat in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: pirate hat because he's stealing from people when he's it comes pirates, to global roaming. No, piracy. No, um, so big wraps for Telstra over there. Their broadband allowances increased. They've got much more competitive mobile, mobile plans. plans yeah. Fantastic year for Telstra. Yeah. but. When it comes to global roaming, Optus have good zone-based day rates. Uh, Vodafone have the best, without question, the red roaming, $5 a day, unless you don't read the text messages and get caught out when you're in Dubai. Um, So so great plans. And Telstra have not really had anything amazing. They've had some good data packs, you know, three days, $35, 150 meg. Good news, they've increased that. It's now 225 meg. Woohoo, 75 extra meg. But
1: how much does
0: it cost now? No, no, but price has not changed. That's okay. okay. But when you go over... The excess price has gone from three cents a meg to ten. Jeez. Like that is That's a more massive hike in, in, in wow. the cost. And I find it hard to believe that they can justify that, mate. They've added more countries. So there's a bunch of positive things about it, but the big negative is that excess price. Now, if you, if you control your usage correctly, you'll be fine, but those messages of alerts about usage and stuff, they're not 100% spot on the minute they happen, so you could easily go over and not know it, and you're paying 10 cents a meg now. That's a huge amount of money to have to pay for data usage, so I'm not suggesting gonna, people are going to come back with $10,000 bills here. I'm just suggesting you need to be very careful if you're roaming with Toy because their plans are much more based around buying a bunch of data and paying for whatever else you need, whereas Vodafone, like CES, you know, I'll go to... I'll go got a cs i'll pay 50 dollars for the 10 days that i'm in the u.s yep. i got nine giga data a month let's say i use a gig before i go and a gig before i get back i can use
1: seven gig of data in the states i've it's got ridiculous. 12 gig of data on my vodafone no, plan no, no. and, I, and no. i've got to say that's the reason i switched to vodafone totally. that is the reason i left yep. telstra i actually was in the telstra store yeah. and asked them what's my best option when i travel mm. and i still remember it i was at the east gardens telstra store and the guy didn't even look up from his computer and said, Oh yeah, we've got a roaming pack, seventy bucks. Do <laughs> do your best. The passion was there. And I said, Thanks very much, you made my decision to leave Telstra even easier. Yeah. So and I still had like six six months to go on my contract. Yeah. I said, I'm out. Went to Vodafone and now I'm paying five bucks a day. Yeah. But I did get stung in Dubai. And,
0: and let's be clear. Probably majority. Let's call it 80% yeah. of people don't roam. like yeah. don't, They don't want to travel. But for people who do travel, yeah. it's a tough call. It's essential. Anyway, read your text messages and read the terms and conditions when they buy those data packs. Let's get cracking with Stephen's Minute Review. Two blokes talking tech.
1: You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor
0: Long and Stephen Fenwick. All right, Stephen, let's make them quick because I need a Coca-Cola and a trip <laughs> to the emergency department yeah. pretty quickly.
1: Righto. First up, we are talking the D-Link Taipan modem router. Now, this is a cracker. Now, it is a V. It's a ADSL router modem, sorry, mm-hmm. with a router on board. So, if you if you're a DSL customer, this will work. Even if you're an, an NBN customer, no fibre to the node, FTTN. Right. Exactly right. Compatibility right there. Now, this is a beast of a router. It has six antennas. Very, it looks like a spacecraft. It's very aggressive styling. Now, this has got three bands of of uh, connect- connectivity. You got a 2.4 gigahertz band, two 5 gigahertz band, and what it basically can do on the fly is. Is act like a bit of a traffic cop to your network where it can then determine the obviously the high end stuff like streaming video, uh, playing online games with the smart connect technology. It can divert that traffic to the five gigahertz bands and it can also then to sort of the lower, the lower intensity activities like just web browsing can divert that to the 2.4 gigahertz band. And what I liked about it too was the fact that when you connect it, it only creates one network. So you're not looking at one network 2.4, another one 5, another one 5.1. It's just one network that you see. So under, it does all this in the background without you having to choose, pick and choose what network you want to go on. That's that's what I liked. I think it's got, it's also got a well, it's got a one dual core one gigahertz processor as well, and it's got the connectivity on the back where you got the you know, your four gigabit ports, two USB ports. One can be used to connect a printer. The other one can be used to connect a hard drive, so you can easily share them on the network as well. The only downside I think is that it's pretty expensive. You are getting a modem and a router in one, but it's it's 579.95, which is not cheap, but for your money you are getting probably one of the best routers, modem routers on the market in terms of range, uh, in terms of speed. Uh, it does have 802.11 AC on board and all that technology that really just takes the guesswork out of it, takes the worry out of it. Can connect all of your devices and the network of today is a lot different and how we use it is a lot different. More devices, uh, more ways to use it in terms of streaming uh, high definition video, streaming music. The way we're using it is a lot different and this is the device that can help you handle it. The time. Pan from D-Link, the AC3200 Ultra Wi-Fi modem router.
0: Check it out at techguide.com.au Now Stephen, I'm worried because what you said earlier as we wrote down this <laughs> next minute review is unexpected when it comes to the words
1: Star Wars. Yeah, well we're talking the Star Wars Battlefront game and, and there was so much hype before this game and you know, deservedly so. I think that the the game is is good the game is is above average it's not just good it's it's very good uh my only criticism is that for anyone who's sort of going into this game thinking that they're going to play this really complex campaign, complex storyline, you're not. You choose your battles. There's all different locations, and, and they look terrific. They sound just like the movies. You can choose characters, and you can choose to be on the rebel, rebel side, on the Empire side. And if you're a Star Wars fan, it's as close to being in the movie as you're going to get. <laughs> My only criticism was that it's not like an on-rails Call of Duty game where there's this campaign that you follow. It's more, you sort of, you jump in and out of battles. And and look, there's ground battles, you're flying the the X-Wing and the Millennium Falcon and TIE Fighters and all of that, which are great. Um, the, the multiplayer is pretty impressive that's not in the call of duty class but you, again you get plenty of options for gameplay plenty of uh, different maps and locations to choose from as well look if you're a Star Wars fan this is a no-brainer get this game even if you're not a gamer but a Star Wars fan this is a great entry point into the gaming world it does have all the characters the music the the uh, the vehicles to give you a true Star Wars experience in a game without a doubt the best Star wars game they've ever made I expect a little bit more out of it, but look, I'm, I'm by no means am I saying it's a bad game. Uh, I, I quite enjoy playing it still. There are little areas that can be improved, but it's still going to have me spending hours in front of my PlayStation 4. And Trevor's uh, five-second review: Star Wars Battlefront, good but not great.
0: Uh, you're listening to Two Bikes Talking Tech. All right, that's a wrap. We need to uh, go down and enjoy a cold Coca-Cola and um, the the company of the highest executives within the Telstra Corporation who hopefully don't know that we've just bagged the crap out of their global roaming until we leave the building. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. We'll be back again next week for another episode of Two Blokes Talking Tech. I may just go to the hospital after this.
1: (laughs) Struggle that, (laughs) I am.